Welcome Living by Faith podcast listeners. For the month of January, we will be honoring the late Pastor Kelly Guilford for her 30 years of dedication to Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church, her boldness in the faith, and her groundbreaking sermons. She will be missed dearly by all. Enjoy. Galatians chapter 5. Now, as I was preparing this, I started out in the King James, but you know something? The Amplified just speaks volumes. So most of what I'm going to be reading will be in the Amplified Bible. Galatians 5.22. We're going to start with something very familiar. And then we're going to go from there. 22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which he, his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Okay, now that is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, say that with me, fruit. Now, where does fruit grow? Does it grow when the plant is just a seedling? Does it grow when the plant is a baby? Doesn't it take for some fruit-bearing plants a season or two or three? I've even heard of some uh, uh, certain trees, it takes five years before they produce whatever their flower is. I don't know if you know where I'm going yet. Okay. Are you getting a picture at all? Well, I'll just, I'll give you a little bit more. I'll give you more. Verse 24. And those who belong to Christ the Messiah have crucified the flesh. Uh-oh. Are they talking about me? Yeah, we're talking about all of us. The godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. Oh, my Lord. Help me, Jesus. But see, that's the whole thing. We have got to learn how to crucify this flesh. Flesh has to learn how to die. Because you can't have everything you want. And you shouldn't want everything you have. Because if you want everything you have, you'll never be able to give up anything. So you have to learn how to do like Paul did. No matter what state you're in, learn how to be content. Yes, we all want to do better than what we're doing today, but we know that whatever state we're in, God has given us grace to do what we need to do in this place. We know we're on a journey, but ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the trip. Because if you keep on looking to what's down the road, you'll miss all the beauty that's on this side of the road. You're going to miss the whole journey. God doesn't want you to miss anything. So many people live their life looking towards five years from now. 
They're looking towards tomorrow, next month, when I get my house, when I get this new job, when I get married. What about today? What about today? Today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. Today is the day of salvation. Can you live today for tomorrow? Not really. But you can live today for this moment. You can enjoy today, today. Hallelujah. Learn how to enjoy the trip. But that's not what this is about. Getting wound up here now. <laughs> Fruit grows when the plant becomes mature enough to develop it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fruit does not grow on seedlings. So as long as someone is a seedling, I mean, in any congregation, you're always going to have babies. But in most congregations, you also got some maturity. Some people that have been around and they're so long in the tooth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, preach it, Pastor. I help myself. Y'all won't help me, I help me. They've been around so long that they don't want to teach somebody else how to get to where they are. You have to give this gospel up. You can't keep it to yourself. It's not about you. It's about him. If you have attained anything in life, to God be the glory. Even if you attained it before you got saved, to God be the glory. Because God knew when you were going to get saved. He knew what you were going to do. He knew what gifts and talents you needed. So see, it's not about you. It's about him. It's about you doing what God has given you to do to the best of your ability. Not just, well, I guess I'll go to church today. I don't have anything else to do. That's not your best. Your best is, I'm going to church today. I don't care if I'm half on death's door. I'm going. You don't know what I felt like this morning. If I was some of y'all, I wouldn't have came here today. I'm going to tell you the truth. Because I see it. I'm talking about what I know. I'm talking about what I know. Every time you get a little pain here and a pain now, I can't come to church. I hurt. Hmm. Well, if you come to church, maybe somebody lay hands on your little self and you get healed. In other words, grow up. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. It's time to look at a little parable. Well, a big parable, actually. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13, um, verse 3. We're going to start at the beginning, so to speak. And he told them many stories and parables. Remember, I'm reading from the Amplified. Stories by way of illustration and comparison, saying, A sower went out to sow. Verse 4. And as he sowed, some seeds fell by the roadside, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground, where they had not much soil, and at once they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. 
But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they dried up and withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them out. And then other seed fell on good soil. Now, we know what happens when good ground receives good seed. But what happens to the rest of the people in the world? These people, the first, the seed that fell by the wayside. Go back to verse 4. And some fell by the roadside, and the birds came and ate them up. These people have hardness of heart. They are careless. Drop my cough drop. They are careless. They are not hearing. They are not doers of the words, and they are unfruitful. In other words, when they hear the words, but they don't care what they say, they leave on Sunday afternoon and go do whatever they want to do. They don't even wait for Monday. They just go ahead and do whatever they're going to do. They go around the corner, get a cigarette, get a drink, whatever they want to do. Curse at somebody, sleep with somebody else. They don't care. It's Sunday, the day of rest. They just do whatever they want to do. And then, verse 5, some fell on stony places. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil, and at once they sprang up because... They had no depth of soil. These other people, they didn't have much earth. They had no deepness. They had no roots. They go from your church to my church to my friend's church to my girlfriend I haven't seen in 10 years church to my uncle's church. Uh, somebody from out of town is over at their church going over there today. They have no root. One of the most important things that God teaches us is that you need to belong to a local facility because if you don't, you go from here, there, and everything, all kinds of stuff is mixed up in your stew. And you can't, I mean, I don't like beef stew, but I know how to make it, and you can't just put everything in it. You can't put, I like vegetable soup. You can't put everything in that either. You know, there's a lot of dishes that we like that are kind of mixed up, but you can't put everything in it. You lose the purpose of it. And see, when we go from here and there and everywhere, you got some of this pastor, that pastor. In other words, you don't know nothing. You know enough to get you in trouble. Because you know a, 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 a segment from over here and you're probably misquoting that. And you know something from over here and you're misquoting that. Because what you're doing is you're turning everything around to suit your need. You know how we do when we say, well, pastor says such and such. Pastor didn't say that? Yes, he did. I heard him. Yeah, you heard with your ears. Your ears are wrong. Your ears are doing what you want them to do. Hear it in the way you want it to be heard. We frame things with our understanding the way we want it. Sometimes, you know, even when you get to a place of understanding, a place of maturity, you still want that. You want to be what you want to be. You want to have what you want to have. And I can tell you that. 
But see, but God, but God, but God will bring you back down the way you belong. Hello, somebody. He will keep you humble if you let him, if you let him, but you have to let him. If you don't want to be humble, well, don't you worry about it. But see, if you want the good things from God, I better talk over here. These folks don't listen. <laughs> now I better help them out. Maybe I better go back. But if you don't want anything from God, see, then, then, then you don't listen to what is being said, and you won't do, apply what is being said. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is taking the knowledge that you have and applying it to your life. Some people have a little bit of knowledge, but they have no wisdom. Wisdom is so important. Remember a while ago we used to uh, say money coming? Well, I got a revelation. And I bought new checks, and I had it printed on my checks. No, I didn't put money cometh on my checks because money is not the most important thing. I put wisdom cometh to me now. Because if you got wisdom, you get money. And if you got wisdom, you know what to do with the money when it comes. See, because wisdom is the principal thing. Isn't that what Solomon said? That's what he said. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So I'm just doing what the Bible tells me to do. So that's why I started putting that on. I started writing in all my checks first. Because one day I was getting ready to write money cometh to me now. And I said, Lord, if the money came, I need wisdom to do something with the money. Because if the money come and I don't know what to do with it, that doesn't help me. I need wisdom. Because I got this issue over here and I got something going on over there. And, and this one right here right in my face. And there, there, then there's a crowd of others, you know, behind everyone that I mentioned. So I need wisdom. I know money answers all things. It says that in the Bible too. But I still need wisdom to know what to do and how to use the money. Okay, verse 6. And when the sun rose, they were scorching because they had no root. They dried up and withered away. So it's not a good thing to be a rootless person wandering around in all Christendom. Thinking you can just go to Creflo this week, Benny that week, uh, TD another week, and think you're going to be a whole Christian. It's not saying that God can't send you here to learn a thing from this one, that one, and the other one, but not every single week. Not every week. You have to be the place where God has put his name for you to be at. Because God has assigned every one of us to a house. In verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Choked them out. These are the worldly cares of the world. They destroy the word. You know what we do? We let the gas bill, the light bill, the clothing bill, the cleaners bill, the children, the dentist, the doctor, we let all those things, the car note, the rent, the mortgage, we let all those things crowd in on us, and then we can't appreciate and really do the word. 
when the cares of life climb up on your shoulders, knock them off, plead the blood, that's what you got to do. I'm just telling you what to do. This is what I did last night. I pleaded the blood of Jesus. And I told the devil he was a liar. You know, sometimes the, the, the devil will have you thinking if you don't pay this bill right this instant, they're going to cut off whatever they're going to cut off. The devil is a liar. Any of the bills that you owe, you can always call somebody and negotiate. Because they'd rather have some money than no money. You can always negotiate. So don't think that just because you don't have all the money, you can't pay the bill. You can pay some of the bill, so pay the sum you can pay. I'm telling you, God is good. All of these are immature Christians. E everyone passes through immaturity to get to the state of maturity, which in the Bible is called perfection. Okay, everybody is an immature Christian at some time or another. But the point here is that you don't stay an immature Christian. Just like in the natural, you don't stay a baby. You grow up. You go from being an infant to a toddler to a bigger toddler, preschool, I guess. And you know, when you grow and you grow and you grow, every year you have a birthday. And, and when you get saved, every year you still have a birthday. The day you got saved, every year you have that birthday. And every year you should be smarter this year than you were last year. Every year, you should be able to believe God for more things than this year than you could last year. Every year, you're supposed to have more faith because you're supposed to have more word in you. Now, what you have to do to get the word is, it's not just about coming to church on Sunday, my friends. It's not about just church on Sunday. God is God all the time. And if he's God all the time, then you need to worship him all the time. If he's God all the time, then you need to read his word all the time. And if he's God all the time, you need to pray all the time. You need to be doing these things all the time because God is who he is. He's not a Sunday kind of love. You, I, I'm dating myself, but I like that song. That was a good song, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> wasn't it a good song? That was a good song. See, you know, when some of us were younger, <laughs> back in the day, we had good songs. It wasn't talking about body parts and all that stuff. Love songs were true love songs. They talked about real love, not, not who you're going to be with next week or tonight or in a minute or whatever, because that's all they talk about. I mean, I ain't never seen so many songs talk about people's body parts. And if you turn past the channel, they got some, some parts sticking in your face. And all you're doing is trying to get past that channel. Maybe you want to look at the Cartoon Network and forgot what number it is. <laughs> but anyway... Moving right along. Every trial and tribulation is a growing experience. 
<laughs> if you allow it to be, you have to choose if it's going to be a growing experience for you. And let me tell you something. Don't think that you can be so holy that you get to a place where there are no more trials and tribulations in your life. It don't happen. It don't happen. There's no place like that. Everybody goes through trials and tribulations. I don't care who they are. I don't care how big their name is. Who, how many people go to their church? Just because you don't hear about the trial, that don't mean they don't go through them. They just don't broadcast it. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to broadcast your worries. Because when you get up to the podium to preach, you're supposed to have some for the people and not for you. You're not supposed to just lay all your problems out on the floor. What I look like coming up here, having y'all feel sorry for me? I'm trying to help you. How am I help you if you feeling sorry for me? Say, Paul, Pastor Kelly, she just don't know. How can I help you? And let me just give you another little something. something. Lord told me this the other day. Some something. Lord told me this the other day. Stop calling people po-po. You know how we do, you know, poor so-and-so, they in the hospital or they're sick or poor this one or poor that one? Stop referring to them that way. Correct your mouth. Correct your mouth. God said, don't refer to them that way because you are putting something on them that they don't deserve. And remember, when you say that about somebody, you're negating the fact that they have been redeemed from the curse. And poverty is in the curse. So stop calling them poor sister so-and-so. You know, when you pat them on the back, and poor baby. You know how you do the kids, too? You know, you, you prophesy, poor baby, mama make it all better. No, you don't do that. You are blessed, baby, mama will make it better. That's right. Blessed. 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 Blessed in the city. All right. You didn't come to hear my album. <laughs> okay. Let's go to James chapter one. Oh, this is good. You're going to like this. Maybe. <laughs> James chapter one. Verse two. See, I'm starting at the beginning. That's good for me. James chapter one, verse two. We were so into rejoicing today. This is a good chapter, good verse for you. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are uh -oh, enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. He's talking to the church. Imagine that. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to us. So he's saying, count it all joy. When you fall into trials and temptations, why are you supposed to count it all joy? It means that the devil is trying to attack you because you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing and the devil wants to snatch you back into darkness. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. But don't stay in the temptation. God says with every temptation, he, he always makes a way for you to get out. And let me just get, alleviate this little myth. 
Nobody can prophesy you out of immaturity. Nobody can lay hands on you and say, be grown in the name of Jesus. Oh, please. You didn't grow up that way in the natural. You grew up one year at a time. And, and if I remember correctly, some of those years was long years. Because they were hard years. And then some of those years, they were pretty good. They were easy. They were years of rejoicing. You know, like the day you graduated from high school. I remember that was a good day. Grad, couple of days when I graduated from college, because I went to more, more than one college, so I got more than one day to remember. Good days. Okay? Now, you can always go back down memory lane and look at things, remember the good stuff, and leave the negative stuff alone. Leave the negative stuff alone. Leave it alone. Because when you go back and start looking at who hurt you, who caused you despair, when you start going back looking at those things, your emotions, they'll get all jumbled up and tangled up again, and you'll be back in that same situation. You know how when you look at pictures that were taken you know, five years ago, and you, and you remember the party and everybody that was there, and you say, oh, I didn't see Sister So-and-so at the party. Oh, we had such a good time at that party. We were looking at, some of you remember when we did the Motown thing? That was such a good time. I don't know, everybody didn't enjoy it, but I know I did, and I was up there dancing. Boy, I was out of breath. But it was fun. You know, God wants his people to have fun sometimes. We need to have fun, but make it godly fun. You don't, you don't have to just take off your clothes to have fun. If you married, well, take off your clothes with your spouse. If you unmarried, take off your clothes with your shower. And that's it. Shower, bath, you know, we got the bases covered. That's it. And don't become too friendly with yourself either. Y'all adults, right? I told you if we talk more about sex in church, there'd be less baby making going on outside of church. You know me, I ain't afraid. Don't give me an invitation, Beth. Oh, two eight. We did we get oh two through eight. Okay. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Let me read this out the uh King James, it'll just go faster. Oh, here we go. I love the Amplified, but it takes so many words. Where am I? One, two. <clears throat> okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Okay. Worketh, 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 worketh. Worketh. Work. Patience has to work. Don't you know patience has to tell your body, get up off your dusty butt and work? Because patience is not something that comes when you just sit there and do nothing. Patience has to be worked. You know, when people come against you and they insult you, humiliate you, say nasty things about you, and you take it. That's patience at work. 
and you don't go home and blaspheming them and just, you know, put your robe of righteousness over in the corner and curse them out because God knows what you're doing. See, patience is worked out in the privacy of your heart. Patience. Oh, that's a hard one. It's not always easy. I'm telling you, it's not. I know. Been there. Still there. Still working at it. It's not always easy. But it's, it's attainable. See, and that's what you need to know. Yes, a lot of things aren't always easy, but they can be attained. You can get those things, but you have to work at it. Just like in order to have a good marriage, you have to work at it. Any relationship you have, if it's a good relationship, you had to work at that thing. It didn't, it didn't become a 20-year marriage because you performed good in bed one day. That's not all marriage is. Marriage is being there when the kids got the sniffles. When the baby keeps everybody up all night. That's marriage. Marriage is every day. Marriage is when, when you, the kids can't find their shoes and everybody got to help. Marriage is paying the bills when there's hardly any money. Marriage is choosing whether you're going to go out on your anniversary or pay the mortgage because it's due. Marriage is saying, I can be content with you no matter what's going on because my love for you is not about surface things. It goes deeper than that. And see, until you reach that place where you can say that to anybody, where it doesn't matter how much money they got. See, a lot of people not there yet because it's all about the Benjamins. So y'all think I don't know stuff. <laughs> Patience is worked out by every person in their perspective situations. Every person has to work out patience. Every person. Now I'm going to give you something right here. This is not in my notes, but I was thinking about it. Now I'm going to say it. One of the things that I find in this church, hardly anybody takes notes. You need to take notes. There is no way you can remember everything that was said. No way. I don't care who's doing the preaching. Nobody can remember everything that was said. Always have paper and pencil in your Bible. for some, Because sometimes somebody's going to say something that's going to pierce right through to your heart. And you'll forget it. You'll say, oh, I remember. I remember. No, you won't. And it'll be something that'll help you more than just today. You need to take notes so you can learn. Poor hairdo. Go on now. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1.
of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And in the Amplified it reads, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, is revealed. So there is a trying of your faith. Every experience that you go through is a trying of your faith. Every one of them. Especially the negative ones. See, because you got to always remember, God can take the negative and turn it into a positive. Because in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what it feels like, God has the inordained the tenacity to take what is negative and turn it into something so positive that he gets the glory. He can do that. We can't, but he can. Thank God for God. Because when you look back over your life, those of you have been saved any number of years, you look back over the years, think about where you came from. You think about what God has already done in your life. And sometimes, you know, even if you haven't been saved that long, you just think about what you did the month before you got saved and what you don't do anymore. Because God changes people. He changes you from the inside to the outside. So we are changed. We are new beings. The Bible says we are a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. We are new creatures. We are somebody who never existed. Thank God. And as we move from glory to glory, because that's the way we're going. We're, going. we're not staying at the same level. That's why it's important for you to grow up spiritually. You don't want to be at the same place. If all you can believe for is $5, how, how are you going to get attain the goals that you have in your life? You want to believe for $5 million. Well, you got to start someplace. So you start with 5 bucks, And then you move to 10 20 Fifty, a hundred, a thousand. And you know how you do that? Make vows. You say, but I don't have the money for that. Good. That's where you need to start. Where you don't have the money for it. Because then it's not you, it's God. See, God gives, in Second Corinthians tells us that God gives seed to the sower. If you're not a sower, you don't need no seed, my friends. If you are so loved, then God will give you seed. He will give you seed. Because he wants you to prosper. But God wants you to prosper his way and not your way. Hallelujah. The trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested and tried with fire might be found unto a praise and an honor and a glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Your faith is constantly being tested, but it's not God that's doing it. Don't think that it's him. It's life. 
you're going to live on this earth, you're going to live life one way or another. I mean, sometimes it looks like some people, they don't go through anything. Everything is just honky-dory for them. Hogwash. They just don't let you see it. That's all. Everybody goes through something. If you live any length of time, you're going to go through something. I mean, look at most little kids when they want a bike and mommy says, we can't do that. Oh, by the way, the other thing that I was getting when I was over there, he said, when your child wants something, don't ever tell them you don't have the money. Just say we can't do it now. Or give them what other... Stop creating poverty in your own life. That's what that's about. Stop creating that in your own life. Because every time you say, I can't do that, I, I don't have no money, every time you confess to your child you don't have any money, you won't. Every time you confess to your husband... You won't. Every negative thing that comes out of your mouth is held accountable to you. See, we got to correct our mouth. Correct your mouth. And sometimes, you know, you don't realize some of the phrases that we use because, you know, we're an urban society. We are, anyway. We're urbanites. And we use a lot of colloquialisms that are for us. People in rural areas, country areas, they wouldn't understand some of the things that we say. You know, just like I said, uh, it's all about the Benjamin. Now, somebody from down south someplace may not know about the Benjamin. Maybe they do if they press them themselves. You never know. Because <laughs> some of them do that too. Okay. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 5. Just over a couple of pages pages. Second Peter, oh excuse me, chapter 1. Chapter 1 verse 5. Okay. For this very reason, I'm reading out the Amplified, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. Do you see where this is going? You, don't, you, you start out with faith because God gives every believer faith. Faith is the principal thing. That's down here. That's your bottom layer. But then you add virtue on top of it. That's truth. Veracity. You're adding truth to your faith. And then what are you adding? Knowledge. Okay? Knowledge developed, and then you're developing self-control and exercising self-control. Develop steadfastness. That's patience and endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, your patience and endurance, develop godliness, piety. You see this? This is layering things one on top of the other. It's like the fruit of the Spirit is being developed one after another. Because as soon as you develop one thing, you go on to another thing. You go from glory to glory. Glory to glory. And nobody gets there overnight. And you may not get there in five years or ten. It may take you 25 and 30. I know that sounds like a long time, but it ain't that long. 
And even after you've gotten to be 25 years old in the Lord, it still doesn't mean that you've attained everything that God wants you to attain. There are people that have been saved 50 years and they haven't gotten it all. They really haven't. One of the things that always blessed me about Brother Hagen is an example that he used one year when I went to one of the um, things that they had at Ramah. He said he had been in the ministry at that particular time. I guess it was just about an even 50 years, 50, 51 years, whatever it was. And he said one of the things that he, he said at that particular meeting, because I came there so hurt and broken and I was just devastated. A whole lot of mess had gone on in my life and, and it was just horrible. Just horrible. I don't even want to talk about it. It was ugly. That's all you need to know. It was ugly. Oh, Lord, it was ugly. Anyway, moving right along. Because that's the way I like to do. I like to move right along. Ain't no sense of staying there. Ain't no sense of parking in the mess. I got a life to live. So anyway, I went there in the condition that I was in. And one of the things that really impressed me and helped me to heal was that he said no matter how, how far he goes in Christ, and like I said, he had been in ministry 50 years. And I was looking, I said, well, well then I don't feel so bad. He said that... <clears throat> Sometimes when he thinks he's kind of got it all together, he said the Lord always brings to him some little ugly, dirty something down on the inside of him that's ugly and pitiful and needs God's personal help. And I said to myself, if he's saying that after 50 years, I guess I feel good with my mess. After 50 years in ministry, now, if he can be pulling out still junk, why do you think that you don't have to be pulling out junk? We all got junk in us. There was a message I did, and I passed it when I was preparing for this one, about your luggage. You know when that, remember that? When I brought the suitcase? That was a hollow message. I like that one. But... <laughs> Well, that was God. See, that wasn't me. Just give God the glory because it wasn't me. I told you I had my message and on my way out, the Lord gave me, told me to get the suitcase. I said, what for? He said, get the suitcase. I got the, he said, no, don't get the good suitcase. Get the blue suitcase. Blue? Lord. Yeah, get the blue. For those of you who don't know, I brought this blue suitcase. That already tells you it's old, right? It was baby blue. And it was plastic. Vinyl, so that tells you something. It was baby blue, it was very pretty, but it was ugly. <laughs> it was like from the 60s, I guess, 60s and 70s. Anyway, God told me to bring this suitcase, and he told me to put several things in it. And what it had to do with the things that follow you into every relationship that you have. It's about bringing your luggage into your relationship. Sometimes you can discard some of that luggage, and some things you're just going to bring with you because that's your package. <clears throat> that's just the way it is. Um, one of the things, one of the things that God had given me was that as you add things, as things go on in your life, I put it that way, you're adding things to your package. You, who you are. Okay, every experience you go through, you're adding something positive and sometimes something negative because every experience is not great. Yes, you may um, get a raise on your job. 
But at what cost? Sometimes that raise costs you time with your family. Time when you would have rather been doing something else. Okay? So sometimes there's things, yes, you, you improved, but at what was the cost? And see, that's something God always talks about is count the cost. There's a cost in everything we do. When you fail, there's a cost. But when you succeed, there still is a cost. It costs you something. You may not feel it right away, but it costs you something. Nothing is free. Don't ever think anything is free. The gospel is free, but it's the pipeline that costs. That's where people think, misthink things. Okay, <clears throat> where are we at? Second Peter 1, 5. Okay, one five. Verse 8. Let's just go to verse 8. For, for as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful. Uh, so, unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind spiritually, short-sighted, seeing only what is near to them, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his own sins. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Okay, so there's a promise for you. God is saying when you add to your faith, when you go from glory to glory, you're going to gain the steadfastness that you need to stay in the faith, faith to, to fight that good fight of faith, as it were. Because you know that's the only fight we fight, right? Is the good fight of faith. And then in Philippians, you don't have to turn there. Philippians 2.14, write it down, read it later. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Oh, that's a hot one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. And I could add criticizing. And, and just making somebody else look bad. Because how is that going to help you? I know in the world's uh, uh, opinion, to get to the next rung on the ladder, you got to step on somebody else's head. But you're not in the world. You're of the world, but you're not in the world. You have been set apart. God has called you unto himself. So now you're a holy thing. You don't operate the way the world operates. You don't climb on top of your brother or sister to get to the next level. Because if you do, that's God's baby. That's God's baby. That's God's baby. And I don't think I need to tell you how much power he has. That's his baby. When Jesus was crucified, the rock split. 
the, the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. That's God's baby. Be careful what you do. And even if you're stepping on the head of somebody that's not saved, for God so loved the world that he gave, that person is still precious to God. I don't care if they're not saved. I don't care if they're the biggest sinner this side of heaven. There's still a possibility they might get saved. And if you step on their head, they'll tell you to your face, I never want to be a Christian as long as they I live because of what that one did to me. And see, that's how you stop it. And God's going to hold you accountable because you don't know what that person was called to do. If he was supposed to get out there and save a thousand souls, God's going to hold those thousand souls to your account. Mm, help me somebody. And then in James, one and, oh, I did that. Count it all joy. Oh, this is God. You got to turn here. Jude chapter 16. I mean, verse 16. No chapters in Jude. The book before Revelation. <clears throat> After third John. Jude verse 16. Okay, these are inveterate murmurers, grumblers who complain of their lot in life, going after their own desires, controlled by their passions. That means their flesh. Their talk is boastful and arrogant, and they claim to admire men's persons and pay people flattering compliments to gain advantage. So if you, you come back in the back after service over and you say, oh, that's a good message, Pastor Kelly. Just remember me to the, to the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. That's all. To God be the glory. God gave the message. We're just a messenger. When you get a message at your office, do you, uh, maybe you might tip the messenger, but that's it. You get on the phone and call the one that sent the message. So the next time you want to compliment somebody, get on the prayer line and Tell the one who sent the message. To God be the glory. We are messengers. That's all. Yeah, you might like one as opposed to another. That's why some people use one message service as opposed to another message service. Some people use UPS. Some people use FedEx. It's a matter of choice. That's all it is. There's plenty of messengers out there. You have many to choose from. Many messengers. But all God wants to get to you is that you don't heap glory on the person that brings the message. It wasn't their message. It was his message. You heap glory on him. See, that's how so many people and I mean big names, they fall because we heap, we idolize them. We make them spiritual movie stars. And they ain't nothing but people. They ain't nothing but people. They were people before you knew them, and they're going to be people long after you forget them. Because if you notice, there's a trend where you're a star today and forgotten tomorrow. 
There's a lot of people that that are well, basically spiritual superstars. And where are they now? They're not on television anymore. Television chew up your money. It does. It's very expensive. And if God don't tell you to go on, don't. And then I just want to bring you this. Uh, let's go to Hebrews. Let's turn back a little bit. Hebrews chapter 5. Yeah, this is a good place for that one. Hebrews chapter 5. I got a whole seven minutes. How much can I get in that? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. For he is yet a mere infant, not able to talk yet. That's what the word says. If you just uh, uh, continually looking for a word, got itching ears, all you need is the milk of the word. You ought to be at a place, many of you, I ain't saying this about everybody, but many of you ought to be at a place where you can teach somebody something. No, now maybe God has not called you to a pulpit ministry. But even if he hasn't, you can teach somebody something. Because if you don't give out what you have, God can't replace that with more. Not more of the same, but bigger and better. He goes from glory to glory too. So when he's feeding you, he goes from glory to glory. Wherever you left off at, like, just like I'm giving you this. Oh, praise the Lord. He got some good stuff for me. Because I'm giving it out. Why do you think Bishop keeps getting wisdom? Because he keeps giving it out. The more you give out. And it doesn't matter. Even if, like most of us, we don't get to preach that often. Up, up in front of you on Sunday because Bishop is here. But we give out during the week. And as long as we keep giving what God keeps giving us, then we're going to get refilled. Refilled. Fourteen. But solid food is for full-grown men. Full-grown. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Meat is for men, not for babies. Sometimes you say to yourself, why is Bishop going over the same thing over and over and over again? He keeps teaching us the same, same thing. Grow up. Grow up. Remember, God gives the message to the people that need it. Grow up. Everybody has to grow up. That's the answer. If you grow up, then when Bishop comes, he'll teach you on a higher level. 
because you can understand more. But as long as you keep acting, see, so many people, they are hearers of the word only. They don't do the word. Because, see, what you do on Sunday, you know, we all get all pretty on Sunday. We look nice, put on our nice shoes and nice holes and nice clothes. But, see, it's what you do all those other hours in the week that really matter. Just because you came to church doesn't mean that you are a bona fide Christian. Hello, somebody. Like Brother Hagin used to say, just because you go in a garage don't make you a car. It's still true. Just because you come to church don't make you a Christian. And just because you come to church on a regular basis don't make you a good Christian either. Because some people, they go to church and they go out and sin just like if they ain't been to church. <laughs> you know, they go to the club on Saturday and, and they can't smell like liquor so they get home at least two hours so they can brush and rinse and, and shower. Got to make church. And don't tell me it's not so. Been there, done that. Hey, I ain't no kid. I know where I've been. I know what I have come through. See, that's why I'm so grateful. I know what God has brought me through. I was there. I'm a witness. I know what junk I was in. And see, when you know that you know that you know what garbage God brought you through, you can't do nothing but give him the glory because you didn't have to be here now. See, I know how many attempts were made on my life. And if it had not been for the Lord, I would not be here. And see, until you get to the place where you are that grateful, you're going to continue to mess up and just keep on doing the same thing. Sister Irma said the other week, she said, business as usual. That's what we do. We go to church, but it's business as usual. As if when we get out of church, we do whatever it is that we got plans to do. We sin just like we ain't been to church. And that's an abomination to God. You have to get to the place where sin becomes as untasteful to you as it is to God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. It's babes that desire the milk of the word, the simple, basic teachings. When you become mature, you want something you can really sink your teeth in. Tell me about prophecy. Tell me something I really want to know. Tell me how to live right. I don't want to just know how to get born again. I'm born again. How do I live every day? That's what I need to know. It's more than just, just, just coming to church and, and praise the Lord. And just, you know, we have a nice quiet in our church. We dance and we have a good time. We praise the Lord. We raise the roof. Y'all think I know that? I know that. That's old. But see, what you have to do is realize, God, it don't matter what you do here. Because see, what we see is unimportant. 
God is the one that got his eye on you. You know the song, he has his eyes on the sparrow. I mean, listen to that song. If God can see what a sparrow is doing and cares about it, aren't you much more valuable than a sparrow? You have a free will. You choose what you want to do. You choose this day, blessing or cursing, life or death. You choose. You choose. You choose. You decide, decide whether you want to be a mature Christian or you want to stay a baby. If you really want the things that you claim you want, grow up. Grow up. That's the only way you're going to get them. You're not going to get it by being a baby. You ever look at, think about a baby? A baby is a fleshly being completely. Every time that baby over there cries, mom and dad run to see what, what the baby needs. Isn't that right? They, they try to figure out if the baby hungry, baby wet, Baby just needs some cuddling. That's a fleshly person. When you grow up, you're an adult, and you do the same thing. All you want to do is eat and poop and get loving. <laughs> well, see, I walk a dog every day, so I mean, that's not a, it's real to me. <laughs> it's real to me. But, I mean, come on, y'all are adults. You know what you do every day in the bathroom? Come on, don't be silly. Don't be silly. See, that's part of growing up. It's part of growing up. Just being able to accept some things and not all of a sudden you blushing. Why are you blushing? You poop every day. You supposed to? <laughs> exactly. If you don't, you're in trouble. You go to the bathroom every single day. I mean, I don't mean to be crude, but, you know, let's get real here. All of this stuff that I'm teaching, this is not just some stuff way out into the mist. It's not some stuff that, 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 that is unreal. It's stuff that is real, things that you need to pay attention to. This is how you're going to get the things that you want. God has a plan, and you need to tap into that plan that God has for your life. Because always remember, the plan that God has for your life is not the plan that he has for my life. And the plan for my life is not the plan for your life. God has a plan, a purpose, a purpose. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? What is your purpose? If I leave you, I'm going to leave you with that question. What is your purpose? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you in the name of Jesus that your word hit whatever heart you needed to hit. And we want to give you, Father, all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory because you, Father, are totally, totally worth it. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram 
at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord, and he is coming soon.